2: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Before we start today's podcast,
0: a quick heads up on Sherlock's VIP club. From restaurants, bars and hotels to beauty, wellness and shopping, Sherlock's partners with some of London's best destinations and hottest brands to bring its VIPs exclusive monthly offers. So why not sign up? It'll cost you just £5 a month or £50 for the year. Use your card once or twice and you'll have made that amount back in no time. For more information, visit ShearlarksVIP.com. Welcome to the Sheerlux Highlights podcast with me, Charlotte Collins. This week, I'm joined by Rosie Charrington, Lou Huff and Georgina Blasky. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hi. So, Georgina, Georgie just gave me strict instructions
3: to ask you what you've been up to this weekend because there's a story in it, apparently. Yeah, so last week it was my wedding anniversary and we went to Clifton, booked Mm -hmm. way before Megan booked it, I'm sure. (laughs) But I just felt like I'd arrived in in another world because we walked in and it's all like tapestries on the walls, really dark, really traditional. All of that stuff. And then suddenly there were all these incredibly glamorous, quite strange looking people walking around. And it was, we found out, an event for Revolve, the fashion website. Yes, of course. And they had their bloggers and influencers from all over Europe. And it was extraordinary. Because there were the rest of us all in our kind of trainers, jeans, a shacket, mm. looking quite normal. And it was like they'd been beamed down from another planet. Yeah.
0: Heavily made up.
3: Heavily made up with lots of eyelashes and lots of, um, lots of makeup mm. yeah, mm. talons, I yeah. would say. Yeah. And just quite weird clothes actually. Yes. So I actually went
0: to the Revolve launch party on Thursday night in London. They had a series of events. Oh here those in the UK. Have followed on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they're launching for those who don't know, Revolve is a an American platform for different brands which in the past you've always been able to order in the UK but now you can order without paying customs fees and shipping fees so that's actually really great news because they have some really cool brands but they work with a lot of influencers who are targeted for the younger generation let's yeah. just say so they're they're kind of Kylie Jenner style very, um, Coachella. very Coachella so yeah Revolver renowned for kind of throwing lavish parties like in the
1: Hamptons in the summer
3: um,
0: yeah and at Coachella and, yeah, and that kind sort of see
1: thing. any celebrity with a picture of Paul at Coachella they're at the Revolve party exactly. it's like the coolest one to go it's to. the cool one exactly
0: yeah. and they work with the biggest influencers so I went to this party this week when they launched in London and exactly as you say it's a particular style of dressing but these girls are are like insanely successful, so oh, yeah, nearly, they all have millions of Instagram followers. Like, there's a reason they're working with Revolve, and it's because they have
3: incredible influence. So, and it was actually a real lesson in how to take a selfie. So they had the <laughs> official <laughs> photographers. They're like walking through the grounds wow. in these kind of six-inch heels. Across the grass, and then suddenly they're like, Well, shall I walk towards you while you're taking <laughs> the photo? and they sort of do the hair flick. Oh and gosh. it was quite elastic when you see it like that, it feels so
2: contrived. Yeah, it yeah. makes me feel really awkward when I see people posing for selfies by themselves. Like, mm-hmm. I just kind of I don't want to watch because it makes me feel awkward, but I'm kind of like, you know, poking through <laughs> <Yeah>. the <pictures laughs> like that. But yeah, it's so it is like a different world. Did it you is. see
1: someone get down the floor? Because oh, yeah. there was a flower wall, but Of course, there was. A yeah, flower wall. there
0: was a flower wall, and there was a lot of kind of. I suppose like artful slut dropping <laughs> on the floor, but I mean, amazing. They had some serious names there as well as like the, the influencers that you haven't necessarily heard of. Like there were some amazing models there, like people who are really kind of taken seriously by the fashion industry as well. And it's, it's an, as I say, it's an amazing website. They just they work with a particular type of influencer. Were they polite at least? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Didn't it, was impact. it was just interesting. Yeah. It was interesting. Got it. Yeah, it just wasn't what we were expecting what when we arrived. arrived. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guessing you haven't had much time for TV recently
2: then. Has anybody else been watching anything good? I watched the Britain's Got Talent final last night which seems to have like really crept up on me like I Mm. used to be a huge fan of Britain's Got Talent I think it's so entertaining so much fun I love all the like weird dance acts and magicians and things like that and at the end of it they do like some live performances and there's a performance from Tina the musical. The Tina Turner one? Yeah and it was absolutely astounding. Really? And it literally made me go onto the website immediately and be like, I really want oh to watch God. this musical. Has it launched yet? You get- yeah, it launched, uh, I think, the 14th of May. Okay. May, British Who is not plays me, Tuna? This incredible, amazing. Absolutely amazing. Just like watching her perform, she was really going for it and she was shaking everything. I was exhausted from watching, but <laughs>
3: absolutely amazing. So I'm going to book that. Oh, you and should. It- my friend saw it and said it was absolutely brilliant. Really? And the first half goes into kind of detail of her life and yeah. the abuse yeah. that she suffered. And then the second half is just like, bang bang hit hit dancing in the like. I I
2: didn't really realise I was a Tina Turner fan but there are so many amazing songs so yeah I'm definitely going to book that and then they also had a magic mic Live dance routine. And Charlie Tatum came on at the end and actually said oh my that... Oh, well he came on? He came on oh and he God. said, these, these aren't the guys from Vegas, these are from the London production, is coming to London in November, and, like, all hell broke loose.
0: Oh, I see. So it's the Magic Mike, what, like, the musical? Yeah, so he... I it's not really musical, he's
2: it? basically, like, directed this n- new show called Magic Mike Live. So it's like... Chippendales yeah but oh. it, I mean it was amazing I, I was like <laughs> smiling from ear to ear I can't work so, out if it
0: gives Britain's Got Talent credibility that he got involved or if it just makes him look a bit sad that he was on Britain's Got Talent do you no, know what I mean exactly. I don't know which way around it is no
2: I, mean, I think they, you know it's like when they have Ed Sheeran on like X Factor or something performance yeah. so they have them at the end but yeah, nice for them isn't it? exactly yeah. so yeah that was my excitement for the
1: weekend <laughs> crazy um, I was in bed pretty much all weekend because I had really hurt my neck and back so I was in a bit of a Black hole of TV. Oh, great. But, so what did you watch? Well, I got into a YouTube hole. I didn't, mm. I was like in a weird mood, went onto Beauty YouTube, which is my weird secret obsession. <laughs> um, my partner's away at the moment, so no one can judge me. Okay. Yeah, watching a bunch of gurus. Um, I absolutely love Caroline Hirons. She is no nonsense at all. Skincare advice. Another one called Stephanie Nicole. Mm -hmm. Again, I hate the beauty gurus that sit there and they're smiling and they're dead behind the eyes and they're just recommending all these products and you know they haven't really used them or they've been paid to use them. So I like people that are just straight
2: up okay. and what kind of stuff are they showing you like how to apply or so it's routines? more like
1: new product reviews okay. but really in depth ones you know they'll kind of with an eyeshadow palette they'll say exactly how much you're getting Yeah, really go through all the ingredients say how it's different to other brands without just that oh I loved it kind of thing mm-hmm. it's not that at all they're really like don't spend your money on this this is a waste of money this is bullshit okay. get this instead so and I really it, like that and it's a quite intelligent approach
0: as well yeah. it's not just very,
1: like this is great the very science led approach and then this other subgenre of beauty Beauty YouTube which I don't know if you've heard of and it is the beauty drama community. So basically, it is like e-news for celebrity gossip, but for YouTube beauty guru gossip. (laughs) Does that exist? (laughs) It is is is, there. That is niche, if I It's so niche, but it's an insanely huge community. And my favourite one is a guy, if you want to check it out, called John Cookian. He's an English guy, and he is absolutely hilarious. So he
0: reports
2: on gossip from beauty blogger world. Yes. What type of thing are they reporting on? Like, What's the gossip?
1: So, well, the latest thing, the latest scandal, as he calls it, is about the brand Decium. I don't know yeah. if you have heard of all Ordinary. the drama on Instagram. The guy who owns the company. Has gone rogue and taken over the Instagram account. No one's sure what's happened. Some people think he's had a mental breakdown. He's asking his fans to call the police, mm-hmm. and it's just caught, honestly, and Google this, it, it's mad. Saying? So he's just posting videos of himself saying that the government's like out to get him and all on the main channel, the brand's wow. main channel. And
0: particularly and they've got quite a lot of followers.
1: Yeah, and yeah. he's insulting followers in the comments. It's absolutely wild. Wow. Google have, it, why it's have mad. They not just shut it.
0: Because he owns, down.
1: he's the CEO of the company and they can't. And Somebody should be changing that password Yeah, exactly wow. It's Look crazy, yeah. honestly, Google it So,
0: okay, well check that out if you're into Beauty of the Beauty world Or the dark London yeah. the Beauty world <laughs> yeah. um, Well, I've been watching uh, I've been quite addicted to um, my next guest Needs No Introduction, which is the David Letterman series On Netflix, I've spoken about it here before The most recent interviewee Is Howard Stern, who's Huge in the States, I feel like he's less Well known here, but he's actually A judge on America's Got Talent And he's a radio DJ, but he interviews, like, the biggest names. Is
1: that the guy that's really controversial sometimes he's really controversial
0: yeah. he's been sued for like millions and millions of dollars he used to work on commercial radio which got him in a lot of trouble for years he's worked for a channel called XM, which I think has given him more flexibility but basically I actually didn't enjoy his interview with Letterman particularly because he is quite controversial but you can access all his celebrity interviews on YouTube he's interviewed everyone you can ever think of and he asks them like the most hard-hitting questions like every scandal they've ever had like they air it all on how it's done and so you know if there's anyone you're ever wanted to know more about then I highly recommend giving him a search on YouTube
1: yeah he is pretty rude though if you're easily offended I would not watch his interviews and some of the stuff he said as well in the 90s if you go back it's like how were you allowed to say any stuff of this? that you never
3: get away with? Now. Yeah. Actually, I have been watching something, the Patrick Melrose series that's out at the moment on Sky Atlantic. Oh yeah. You cannot move for the publicity, which made me a bit suspect because then I thought, oh my god, have they got a major flop on their hands and they're just trying to get everyone to yeah, watch it? It's because it's everywhere. It's everywhere, which seemed a bit weird. Yeah. But I have just finished episode three, and it is just so good. The really? acting is incredible. The script. I haven't read the books, but apparently they're really famous, the storyline. And the last episode, there was this enormous party and Princess Margaret was there and they just portrayed her as a complete bitch. And you just can take your eyes off the screen. It's so lavish. The house is amazing. They have this dinner, the, the clothes, the whole thing. So what was it actually about? It's about Patrick Melrose who is Benedict Cumberbatch's character mm-hmm. and he has had a very abusive relationship with his father. So it starts off with his father dying and that's the opening scene mm-hmm. so there's no spoilers and then goes back into time and his mother's played by Jennifer Jason Lee, who is incredible, is this kind of American rich heiress who marries Hugo Weaving who's the father. And he is this dark, sinister, tricky guy. And it's basically how the father-son relationship has impacted Patrick Melrose. And he's in this kind of drug spiral and trying to kick the habit. And it's just incredible. Benedict Cumberbatch is amazing. He did
1: say that, that in an interview, I think, the two roles that he really wanted to play was Patrick Melrose and Hamlet and now he's something yeah. Yeah. I, just, I saw
0: him do Hamlet and I have to say he, whatever you say about him as a person I find him a bit irritating on like Grimm or whatever yeah. but he is an incredible actor yeah. he yeah. was amazing on stage and
3: actually the stand up performance for me on the last episode was Holiday Granger I, I know that I name loved who is she from? she was I must in the Riot Club. yeah she's brilliant she's actually brilliant cool. in this. so worth a watch oh yeah do you yeah. know how many parts there are to it I don't but I think part 4 was on last night okay. which I haven't and watched it's yet it's on Netflix Sky Atlantic.
1: You can Mm -hmm. sign up for a free trial, though, if you think,
3: online. Well, it might be worth it for this one.
0: I just want to give a quick shout-out to a piece that we wrote on the site last week about um, a new book from Roxane Gay called Not That Bad, Dispatches from Rape Culture. So I don't know if anyone here has read her previous work, but um, Roxane Gay is an American author, and I mean she writes, as you can tell by the title of this one, a lot of feminist literature, but she basically had... uh, a really sad life story she was gang raped when she was around 12 or 13 and then had obviously a lot of subsequent emotional issues largely connected to eating so she writes a lot about how being larger than life impacts her kind of on a day-to-day level and I read uh, Difficult Women last year which was another collection of short stories by her all about um kind of how women deal with their relationships with men and with rape culture I mean she is a beautiful writer to say the least you know not to mention dealing with incredibly hard hitting uh subject matters uh which are made kind of only more interesting by the fact you know they come from personal experience so i really recommend
2: checking out the have you also
1: read ba I haven't no that is great i love how she kind of just really looks at things not from a super PC perspective and looks at the whole kind of Mm -hmm. angle of everything I think she's a really interesting intelligent woman definitely
0: and also you know I think we're bombarded with quote unquote feminist literature at the moment there's so much rhetoric around it but actually she approaches it, as you say, from a really refreshing perspective. An author worth checking out. On the subject of exploitation of women, we wrote a feature about having sex for free rent because the desperate need for housing in the UK has led to rogue landlords posting exploitative adverts on flat-sharing sites, offering young women free rooms in their homes in exchange for sex. I mean, are we all agree that this is pretty awful, and right? shocking. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. unreal. There was
1: um, a documentary, I think, on BBC, which I watched, which was just insane, like I couldn't believe it and the journalist went Undercover went on Gumtree, there are thousands and thousands of these ads and she replied to them and met up with a hidden camera Mm. with these guys and they were just acting like it was the most normal thing. Yeah, it's insane I watched
3: that too, it's called Ellie Undercover and it's on BBC3 and you just Google it, it comes up So when you watch the documentary, are they actually saying, okay, kind of if you have sex with me once a week, you get a discount off the rent or you get the real, like, is it kind of formally drawn up how this arrangement will work? So it's, no, they're pretty much billed always as free accommodation. It's never like a
0: discount or like I'm giving you a kind of, you know, bit of money off your lease or whatever. It's always like, this is what's expected in exchange. And I'm pretty sure that every guy she met up with said quite explicitly this is what I would expect. Yeah,
1: so they're quite clear. Some ads are more subtle. Some are just like, you know, I've got a spare room and I'm looking for a woman to keep me company. Or Yeah, for... that was the
2: question. Where is it in their houses yeah. or are they like separate apartments? So
1: No, so they would be, I guess, a homeowner. They would okay. either have a spare room and they would advertise that or some of them, they want the woman to share their bed with them. And so some of them, yeah, they just want, oh, I want a 15-minute cuddle each night. Um, while other ones say, I have a spare room for someone who likes to get naked at home. Send naked pic and details if interested unreal um, yeah. yeah and I think this, the horriblest thing is when she met up with these guys they were selling it to her like they were doing her a favour yeah you know and I just it's so so sick really
0: I think the problem is that so many women who can't afford rent otherwise are the ones being exploited so actually this piece says that housing charity Shelter estimates that 28% of British women sleeping rough have had unwanted sex in order to have a roof over their heads for the night so it really is a case of, of women from kind of disadvantaged situations being exploited in that way and I mean from the documentary some of these guys it sounds ridiculous to say they it seemed that they were genuine but I suppose the issue is that just because somebody's advertiser what they want is a 15 minute cuddle it doesn't mean that that's their intentions or that that's what it will actually you know that he won't expect it to progress when well, you're there exactly. and also
3: you're there if, if it's you and them you're there in the room in the house on your own with mm-hmm. them so if they don't feel they've got what they wanted you're stuck. Yeah, like you're yeah, completely vulnerable. vulnerable. You're so vulnerable.
2: There's one point in this article which references a guy who was saying that he still has three long-term partners who have got businesses and families and are still in touch with him and they still talk and stuff and he thinks he's not a pervert. He's just once an arranged relationship. And, like, it's just crazy, isn't it? Yeah, that people yeah. think that that's okay to ask that of people, but then also that some people are willing to do that yeah, as well. Yeah, totally. But, but,
1: I mean, what if you had no option but sleep on the street or take your chances with some guy, I think sleeping in the streets and dangers are huge you know, you can die every single night and I think some of these women are so absolutely desperate that they're like, well I have a slightly better chance here mm-hmm. I think, yeah that's the thing and it, it is technically illegal but the laws are quite murky around it I think, so these people can't be prosecuted because in to it, they, that's what they say and that's what the guy said on this morning, he was like, it's simply a consensual relationship, but I think they wouldn't be choosing to do this if they had any other options. So how consensual is it, really? Definitely. It
0: says here as well that an estimated 250,000 British women have been targeted. I mean, I assume that's people just looking for Mm. flat shares online. And there are measures in place. Spare Room, for example, has a particularly rigorous screening process and most, you know, sex for rent ads rarely make it onto the site. But...
1: I think until they deal with the affordable housing issue... It's going to keep happening. I mean, both homelessness and this.
0: Exactly. Well, Craigslist and Gumtree were thought to be some of the worst offenders. So I guess if we're looking for an apartment,
2: avoid them. Now for something. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig.
0: A bit different. Let's talk about how to make up with a friend after a big fallout. Because actually falling out with a friend can often feel worse than even a romantic split. So if you've had unreconcilable differences with a friend, how do you get over that?
3: So I was on the receiving end of something. Yeah. And I think just a bit of time Mm -hmm. and space can you know, time is a healer. But it really, really helps just to have a bit of distance and be kind of okay that we're just gonna have some time out. Mm -hmm. Because you don't want to do anything rash, I think. Unless you've been yeah. really badly has, treated. has your
2: relationship altered
0: since then? Or when you when you made up? Yeah. Di- was it a different relationship?
3: Well, it? I think you can make up and be a bit cautious initially. But now, I mean, she's still one of my absolute best friends really? and will be. And there's too much history there. And I think also sometimes people make mistakes, but it yeah. depends on the crime, as it were.
2: <laughs> and did you both sort of mutually reach out to each other to... Re- rekindle yeah but this was
3: pre-email can you believe and texting so we actually had to speak on the phone and then meet face to face and I think that helps a lot what oh, well, I was going to say because this feature that we wrote says when it comes to
0: reaching out then technology's your friend and it's really great because you can kind of write down your words choose yeah. it really carefully words are so easily misinterpreted yeah emails are think how often you read an email yeah. and it's my dad's got this thing read it three ways it's his advice like in everything in oh, life good so advice it's such good advice my mum yeah. got an email she'd be like somebody wrote me an email says, he's like Did it say, "Mm," or did it say, like whatever, you know, basically reading things in a different tone of voice is so important. And some people just also don't necessarily have a great way with words, so it's not necessarily reflective even punctuation makes such a difference completely. you know really and the way
2: that someone says it and, and the way that then you interpret it and the things that you pick up on from a sentence yes. and you're like that yeah. really wasn't the main exactly. section of what I was saying and you've just focused on this and that's really irrelevant Totally. so I completely agree I think it has to be face to face to be, but it's exactly.
3: hard you have to be brave it's yeah. really hard to do things face to face you do Rosie any experience There's, I do have
1: a few experiences even with my closest friends like over the years I've known some of them for 20 years so course over them we've had disagreements um some of them have been for a week other ones I think the longest was six months and we're wow. my best friends yeah and it was over just the stupidest thing but we're both quite stubborn and apparently she had a dream that I died and after six
2: months and then she emailed me on Facebook then. Wow.
1: being so like I-, I just had this dream and now I'm like life is
2: too short yeah, yeah and that. now it's
1: fine and
2: I yeah. definitely think you're, you're both right like time is the biggest healer I think after all, while you can be like Okay, yeah, we we're really hurt then, but you know, you can't hold a mm. grudge forever. And I think if you then do that feel that way and you really miss that person, then there's time to reach out. Mm-hmm. But also in the same vein I think sometimes relationships do break down yeah. over time and, yeah. and you change and individuals do and you know, your likes and differences. Maybe I and, imagine, um, and that's
3: know. the best thing I think about adulthood actually because I'm navigating a lot of this stuff with my daughter in the playground who's 12 and you know there's a whole load of girls they're all on the cusp of yeah. getting their period and the hormones are flying <laughs> and you know the anger's raging and mm-hmm. it's quite hard to talk her through this and I kind of think oh you know what it's just so nice when you're a grown up and you can say I just don't want you in my life, actually, so I'm going to walk away. There's an immense freedom that comes with that, which you just can't get at school.
0: But I, I do think relationships can be more complicated than that. Like In a way, it's difficult, whether it's exploited or taken advantage of or treated badly by somebody having you know feelings for them you know even in a platonic way complicates that as well I, don't, I think obviously some people it's, it's it's easy to kind of cut out your life but others yeah. you know people are, are flawed and complicated and, and yeah. it's not always easy to just kind of
3: and sometimes it. you're also responsible totally. so yeah. whilst you didn't like their behaviour yeah. There has to be a bit of a backstory, maybe, yes, to, I think, to something you know, that went on before.
2: There's, there's two sides to every story, isn't it? And how someone reacts to you or, you know, your relationship. It's, it's not always going to be from one person. Definitely. I think,
1: for me, the times where we have made up is when something's kind of gone wrong, like, in either one of our lives. And it's so important. I think even if maybe you haven't spoken to someone for a bit and you kind of find out from mutual friends or something, they're going through a hard time, i will always get in touch with them. And that's mm-hmm. actually how some of the rifts have ended really because yeah. they're just like, You're still there for me mm-hmm. even through I did whatever to you, you're yeah. still gonna be there because at the end of the day, when you have been friends with someone for so long, like I still have that loyalty to people. Definitely. Um and I think that's yeah, that's what's mended all of my kind of riffs with people
0: I think as you say it's that life's too short mentality so Lou if you were trying to make up with a friend what would be your kind of golden tips for actually making the first
2: move I think really think about what the problem was and maybe kind of it's probably beyond a problem there's been something that's kind of been underlying in the past and I think just really understand what those things are and be really clear with where what you want to communicate with them and let them speak and let yourself speak. Don't kind of start arguing and speak over each other because then you're just gonna get yourself in a worse situation. Mm. So it's so easy to do that. I always
1: find it's helpful to have a mediator too, especially if you're part of a friendship group. Mm. I have a friend that's quite hot headed and when we've ever had a disagreement i just will get shouted over when she's in a certain mood Mm. but luckily the time i saw her we were with our kind of other best mutual friend and she was actually great whenever someone started to get upset she kind of just comes mm. down, kind of like a marriage comes <laughs> yeah. But it really worked. And since then, we just went straight back to how we were. That's so nice. And it hasn't been different since. No, not at all. We're oh. closer, really. And yeah. I think the whole time that we weren't friends, it was only a couple of months, but because we were quite a bit younger and we had a lot of kind of secrets on each other and neither one of us bitched about each other to anyone we knew, which we easily could have done, mm. which really did solidify, you know, we're... Gonna be friends for life. Well,
0: my top tip would be when, if you're saying sorry for something, never to qualify it with a but. Yeah. I think you're that if,
1: when you receive but. the text,
0: like, I'm really sorry that I did but? this, but yeah. no, okay. no, no, but apology, no, not. even
1: worse is, I'm sorry you feel that way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, but yeah, no. I'm sorry
0: you interpreted it like that. No, I think no. if you're going to make an apology, if you are prepared to say sorry, like yeah. this article oh, suggested, should be own up to it
2: and another thing is to not tell someone how they feel you're in control of your own feelings and no one can tell you how you feel or how you've reacted to something so i think that's also important from relationships with your
0: friends to relationships with your father we've been talking a lot about how the kind of relationship you have with your dad can affect your romantic relationships later in life georgina i'm really interested to hear your perspective on this obviously you have a husband who is the father of Nearly teenage girls. So, what is your approach
3: to this? So, I have thought about this a lot because I think the first male relationship that really has any impact in your life is the one you have with your father. And you want, as a parent, you just want that to be a really positive experience because you know it's going to impact the choices they'll make later, as so well described in the future. So, I just tried it in really subtle, easygoing ways. So, things like when we were on holiday, we all took out some canoes on by the beach and so my daughter will go out with my husband and they'll sort of go off in their own direction and then they're by themselves and they're having chats and they're having time together on their own. And I think that's the main thing, just having time and experience and fun actually last weekend we did the thing as a family where you walk over the O2 and so you get clipped in (laughs) have you done it it's fun isn't it yeah and so my I went with my son and my husband went ahead with my daughter and it's just sort of really small little things she went into his office and she worked with him for the day so I think anything that can bring some positivity into that relationship is is good and I think it can be just really small things like going for a walk together Mm. just having some time together and would
2: you say that he has a different relationship with your
3: daughter your son yeah but I think I do too I think not unequal just different okay so my son's younger yeah so therefore what his expectations are from us are very different and I did read that fathers should buy their daughters flowers but I think that was by an American and I found that a bit (laughs) weird so we've not done that one
0: (laughs) I think I think definitely I like I've got a brother and I definitely think that the relationship that a boy has with their parent is very different to the girl with each parent respectively as well I have a very different relationship with both my dad and my mum to what my brother Mm. has but I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing but I think it's just kind of inevitable isn't it I think it's kind of the
2: nature of just having multiple children I think
1: a lot of the kind of daddy issues that were talked about in this article it was quite interesting it's like if your dad was like this then you cannot end up like this then it comes all down to kind of the theories of attachment and kind of very early on in your childhood what your parents were like completely affect who you are as a person not just with your relationships with men but with friends with anything and you know if your dad was kind of emotionally absent or absent that could make you more clingy which I thought was interesting. Mm. Whereas if your father was kind of especially unresponsive to your needs, like ignoring them and very rejecting of you, that can actually, instead of making you clingy, make you keep your distance from people. Because I think people that suffer that kind of neglect in childhood, they kind of learn how to protect themselves and Mm. fend for themselves. And so in adult life, that can translate as, well, I don't need anyone. And then those kind of people can put up a lot of walls. I did think with this piece there's quite a lot of quotes from a professor of psychology called Linda Nielsen who's written a book called Between Fathers and Daughters. As someone who did have an absent father, I did find her comments quite blunt I feel are they a bit and offensive I can imagine I that's like like so they're offensive. slightly offensive so she yeah. said here she compares the experience of picking a boyfriend in your adult life after a childhood without fatherly affection as going to the supermarket when you're starving and she says if you go into a grocery store when you're hungry you'll come out with junk food you just grab whatever's on the shelf that makes you feel good right now
0: I find that very patronising it's yeah.
1: patronising and she said you know if young women don't have approval from their fathers they can often try and seek it elsewhere which can I think that makes sense Mm. it makes sense but I do feel like she is kind of using this as quite a general Mm. yes a bit general and And
3: the idea of approval needing approval I don't think a parent's job is to give your children approval no I think you can challenge your children and you can set them up in ways to make informed choices good choices but my children I don't feel that they need my approval you know they don't need to stay in my good books
0: I don't know, I then think, they might seek
3: out other people who yeah. they need that external validation yeah. from someone else yeah. in order to feel good and successful. And I don't think that's necessarily a good place to be. No. <laughs> well, yeah, no. I don't know
0: if I agree with that, only because I don't think it's something conscious that parents do at all. But I think that naturally, your kind of predisposition to want to kind of You to to have your parents' approval and to kind of impress them to an extent, or to you know to make them proud, whatever those emotions are. Mm. So you know, so that's why I think you hear so often about people who you know following their parents' footsteps career-wise or whatever it may be because they're kind of seeking for that approval and it might not be because that parent was absent or even kind of intentionally disengaged but I think that that's quite a natural they want to Mm. yeah
2: or potentially that that's what they feel is expected of them Mm. and therefore they feel they should do it whether they want to or not is a different I think think that's that's
1: exactly exactly it it. because there's this kind of psychological theory of flawed thinking and false beliefs where when you're younger you develop these thinking patterns and if you're constantly neglected or emotionally shunned by, I mean it's not just your father it's both parents, yeah, exactly. you develop a belief of like I'm not good enough and that can translate into adulthood yeah. Yeah. needing this approval from people. That's.
0: I really think it comes down to how self aware you are you might have all of these issues that she kind of puts down on paper that are kind of the stereotypical things, they, they might be affecting you but if you're aware, I might be feeling like this because of this thing that happened in my childhood, then you're more likely to be able to kind of that's get over it. That's the thing.
1: And she lists it here as this kind of self-fulfilling prophecy that you can't do anything about, yes. and that's completely mm-hmm. untrue, I think. I oh, mean, my yeah. mum, God bless her, like, worked so hard to raise me, and she really instilled stuff in me. But obviously, for some people that maybe didn't have that same bond, I can completely understand mm-hmm. why they would struggle with that. And also, as... I mean, I guess she's a professor of psychology. What about therapy? You know, I think saying to young women you're basically fucked Mm. which she did actually say at some point she was like you're going to find it impossible I mean I've had many healthy relationships Mm. with men and that's because yeah I think I am self aware
0: there's that Philip Larkin quote they fuck you up your mum and dad which I think it's a whole poem about how it doesn't matter what your parents do just Like, there's nothing you can do to stop yourself from fucking up your kids, whatever way it is. So so kind of on the flip side of everything we've just said, like, I think I have a great relationship with my dad. I think my dad's amazing. But that's set a really high bar, actually. So then on the complete flip side, you might be looking for something completely unattainable, you know, or holding people to a really high standard if your parents are kind of...
1: I have a friend who does that. Her dad is like her idol in her eyes and she does definitely compare him to him yeah. him and her mum have the, kind of this incredible relationship and she has said that mm. she's like oh well you know he's not like this and like this and like this and kind of is painting on know. it mm. but
2: then how lucky to have a dad that you oh, think cool, that yeah. like, he is that's a great nice. dude Yeah, worse problems <laughs> to have <laughs>
0: why aren't more women investing we all know that when done right investing is one of the best ways to make your money work for you so why aren't more women doing it SL investigated how the gender investing gap is damaging women's futures. So, does anyone here invest?
2: No, I no. don't. In, in my wardrobe, <laughs> yeah, in anything apart from shoes. But I've always been a saver from like a very young age that's kind of always been instilled in me and I've always worked extra whenever I could to try and save a bit more money but only recently have my partner and I just bought our first flat so that's the first time I've properly invested and really because I didn't really know what to do mm-hmm. obviously you know housing you think is the automatic way you think you should invest your money but I just wasn't told about it or I, I wasn't aware of all these other options that I had. I think that's what this article is saying
1: that women you know they are saving money but they're saving it in kind of cash in banks, yeah. which is subject to inflation, which is why it is so worrying. And the most recent figures show that high-earning men received six point six billion in income mm. from their pensions, compared to just one point three billion received by high-earning women.
0: And I think that's the thing is because it's not just property, is it? They're talking investment in yeah. like stocks and shares and ices and and stuff. That I mean, that sends me running. It's and I, so I hate to stereotype, but I feel like I know a lot of other women yeah. who feel the
2: same compared to a lot of boys who who kind of embrace it a bit but but more. But really I'm really intrigued by. That that I just want someone to sit me down and be like okay like in layman's terms these are your options and really talk me through it and not kind of think it's just going to go over my head because I'm really interested in it but I just need to know the facts in the first place so
1: I think what these experts were saying was that a lot of I mean I tried to look into it at one point and I was just so confused because you kind of traditionally you pick an amount and then you pick the risk level that you want um, and they were saying this is really aimed at men it's kind of theorised that women aren't as willing to take high risks to get good returns in their investment but apparently a female focused investing platform Elvest, which is American and I think it's soon coming over here they found that women aren't risk averse as such but risk aware meaning they really want to understand a risk before yeah. taking mm-hmm. it on totally. you know you don't just want to sign up to something but actually studies have found that women are better investors than men that women yeah. have more returns on their investments because they do look into it.
0: Well I think this this article says that women are less likely to invest because they're scared, you know, in quotes of losing everything. Yeah. But as you say, actually women you know, then kind of by nature, less likely to lose everything yeah, by being yeah.
2: more risk aware. You don't want to just be told, like, do this. You want to know, okay, like, if I do this, what will happen? Yeah. that will happen, and like, understand the process first, Definitely. and then make a
3: sort of validated decision on it. Yeah, exactly. So, go, knowing where to go to do that, I think, is part of the problem. And actually, on my local high street, which is Northcote Road, there's a an estate agent that's shut, and opening there is Killick and Co., who happened to have contributed to the article. And I think, as I walked past there the other day, I thought, that's brilliant because I wouldn't, I don't want to go into the city and see. Some sort of enormous yeah. glass tower and meet someone who's charging me ridiculous rates for an hour of his time. I want to go somewhere more cosy and local as if yeah. it was the local bank and get the advice.
1: So if you are interested in getting into investing, um, Killick & Co. have a kind of in-house head of education. So if you go on their website, you can learn to get more financially savvy through videos and articles. You can watch and read in your own time and kind of figure out what you want to do. And they also really recommend goal oriented investing for women so pick goals that you want to achieve whether it's buying a house or saving your children for university and put away money each month good to do.
0: finally let's talk about tipping this caused a bit of a stir in the SL office when we started to talk about how much we each tip the various people in our lives. So whether it's restaurants and bars or Uber drivers or hairdressers, everybody had a slightly different approach. Rosie, you spoke to debretts for the kind of the legitimate etiquette behind tipping.
1: Yes, I did. I spoke to a number of different organisations from the National Hairdressers Federation to Debrets to travel experts. I mean, it's quite a long piece. There's a lot of people to tip. <laughs> this made me feel bad when I was doing this because... At first I just thought it would be, you know, bars, restaurants, taxis. I'm supposed to tip a lot of people. You are. I have it turns been out. a terrible tipper, it turns
0: out. Who was the most surprising person that you should tip in your research?
1: Well, perhaps not surprising, but this is the one that made me feel the most bad with takeaway and delivery drivers. Yes, yeah. I'm so guilty of this. I know that now Uber Eats and Deliveroo allow for kind of easy in app tipping, but I wasn't ever sure whether you were supposed to do it or not. Mm. But a friend of mine who works as a courier recently posted on Facebook and he basically said, if you have the money, to order a takeaway to your house you have to tip them because they don't get paid enough. I know that both of those sites say, you know, we do pay them a wage, so it's up to you. Mm-hmm. But he said, if you actually look breaking down what these people are getting paid, it's
2: less than minimum wage often.
0: And so often they're on zero hours contracts, as yes. well, aren't they? So yes. yeah, that's not. This might consistent.
2: sound incredibly old-fashioned, but I think tipping someone relies on how good their service. No, I completely agree. Or be. how polite they were. Like, if someone is all giving you a delivery and they knock on your door, they give you the food, they don't smile, they don't say anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think they deserve a tip. A card deliveries everyone that I've ever come across has always been so polite my mum always gives them yeah. chocolates whenever they they knock on oh, the door your mum's
3: just <laughs> um, <laughs> which is so so sweet oh, but I sweet. always
2: think like you know and they always offer to help them up, us upstairs and that makes me think okay that's really worth it but I think you have to have some level of like I agree. being polite and, and, even and engaging yeah. otherwise you don't deserve
1: it something funny though about Acado. Business Insider said that Ocado specifically recruits people who are very polite and friendly so if someone does offer to carry in your shopping yeah. it's not because they're after a tip it means they're actually just really nice
3: but
2: that's even mess- exactly. better that's that's kind of <laughs> and that, expect, and you know, that makes just... that whole process just so much more enjoyable yeah. I think yeah. it, like when someone's really kind to you it really rubs off yes so it's kind of the same with like
0: so in a hotel I would never dream of not tipping a bellboy or somebody who helps yeah. you kind of take your stuff to a room. But if somebody was kind of rude or didn't smile or, exactly. to, or then I actually yeah, I'd be inclined. You don't not want to. to. You have to work. That's why the culture in in like America and other countries where you have to tip regardless. Yeah. It's awful because it means that people don't have to
3: bother yeah. with good service, and surely mm-hmm. that's just part of being you get good job. Yeah. Georgina, mm. well, I think I agree. I think that if someone has delivered a service well, then of course they should be rewarded. But the problem I think is that I often don't have any cash. Oh, oh I always mean, cashless society that we all live in, and everything's just tap your card here and do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go have you got a culture? yeah completely <laughs> I've got no cash oh my god do you tip your hairdresser I'm mean, treating no know oh one this do is there.
1: the hardest thing mm. because sometimes you go in for a trim and a treatment it's 150 quid Yeah, and you're like
3: it's no, so expensive like and it's, a it's like a luxury fun. as well that you've gone oh well you know maybe you've waited to go and have your hair done Yeah, or, yeah. you've had it done less than you would like because yeah. Yeah. Done, yeah. you've saved up and then actually if you've got to the tipping the person who's washed your hair and maybe a yeah. different one's done the blow dry and someone else done the colour mm. actually that can be difficult if, I did um look into this once before for a feature and the advice that the hairdresser I spoke to said was for people who aren't able to tip which and it is not expected it's obviously appreciated sometimes just maybe giving them something Christmas like a bottle yes, of wine exactly. or yeah, a yeah. Box of chocolates or just something that's yeah. acknowledging Like I really do appreciate yeah, what you have done yeah. for me
0: because actually a lot of hairdressers it's like, a bit of generalisation but if you're going to a nice salon hairdressers earn a pretty good living actually yeah. so I understand I always tip you know the girl who washes my hair she's normally a 16 year old Saturday girl completely but actually chances are all the hairdresser earns more money than I do yeah. so you know, I'm not sure <laughs> I need to be and, and maybe it's house. more
2: like, you know, when you're having, like, your hair done at home or it's, like, a small local salon. When you're going block. to these, like, huge, yeah. big corporations who are, like, celebrity stylists. like yeah. they're fine. Yeah. They don't need <laughs> your tip. Yeah,
0: exactly. And what about milkmen and postmen and dustmen? That was another the kind of When we, we talked about this, we were
2: like, we really don't see them, so I'm not quite sure yeah. when. I, you absolutely,
0: I think Georgie starts with you absolutely must tip them, at least at Christmas and that kind of thing. I've but never
1: I'm, met my bin men. I've no. never met
0: mine. Yeah, I think... It's just less of a kind of neighbourhoody feel I think if, you, days, if right? you
1: live in a mm. flat in a big block, you don't tend no. to see these mm. people. I have a different postman every day. It's not even the same guy. Yeah,
2: I mean, but I'm out all day. The post is just there when I get yeah. home. So.
1: My mum does my own tips and milk. I think it's Things yeah. like that. I there think
2: are some postmen that actually that come into our office who are particularly lovely.
1: But we've given that. We
0: do. Oh, yeah. we, give them, yeah, we, give them, we give them
2: Prosecco and chocolates at Christmas because, yeah, we actually kind yeah. of have
0: a relationship with them. Whereas if you never met them. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a more old-fashioned attitude. Yeah. I'm sure we didn't get hate mail from Postman now or something, but I think, you know, it's back in the day. No more clothes for us. Yeah. <laughs> no more clothes for us. And, you know, I think that perhaps with things like that, if you've got a relationship with them, yeah. absolutely,
1: but if not... Just... Oh, I think the best tip on this, though, was if you're in a restaurant, tip by cash, don't tip by card, because there's no law here that says that the restaurants have to actually give it to the staff. Yeah.
0: Oh, no. No, no. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? Oh, I, I think the moral of the story generally is to always have a few pounds. Always have yeah. some cash. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, I think that's just about it for this week. If you enjoyed that, please do rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends, and we'll see you next time.